As of right now, who is your classic winner? Yep, I'm doing it. Six yeah. weeks out. The one, the one race where it's like I, I hate this race. Um, <laughs> That's why. I did. What do you think? I guess I'll stick with Wide Barrio. I, I, I'll say Wide Barrio. Ugh. It's well. What are you gonna do? I mean, I know. I still hate it. I, I know. I get it. I, <laughs> I, mean, I obviously yeah. didn't say that. Like, oh, Wide Barrio. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga And all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your Bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What's up, up here? Welcome Aaron Halford. It is Thursday, September 21st, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up? As Papa Dude always says, if we just went live when we were just messing around, it'd be better than the actual shows. <laughs> yeah, we've been off air talking to magic and better content than you're probably going to get on this show. So, yeah, right. <laughs> and maybe not the best, maybe not the most appropriate content, but it's better. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, no uh, what's going on, man? <laughs> Nothing. Let's let's <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Riders up. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's it's good to be back. We are approaching. Gosh, it feels like uh, every you know. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. I was like, man, I was trying to plan out my you know next couple of months, like what it's looking like. I was like it's like the Breeders' Cup. Like, I got to start planning out my Breeders' Cup, you know, uh, travel plans and, you know, that all with everything that's approaching that. And it just feels like it's hard to believe that we're we're talking about that, you know, because, you know, you're talking about these horses that are running this weekend and the Cotillion and the Pennsylvania Derby and any of the, but those are the two main ones. Like, this is the last, you know, these are the last time we're going to see them um, if if any of those do choose to run towards the uh, to the Breeders' Cup. It's been a blur. This whole year has been a blur. And I, I know, I think as you get older, you say that, but this, this really has been, it's been, it is weird to look up and see it. And I think, I think we just have, we haven't had those whoa performances. And then we've had a lot of weird things happen this year. It's, it's not been a great year and it's just blown yeah. by, but yeah, I mean, this is it basically. I mean, you, you got, you got a lot of horses that have already made their last starts and you basically got three, three, four weeks. Right, you got Santa Anita coming up next week. You got Keelan coming up the next week. You got a lot of preps that'll be happening through that. But then it's it's here, um, so it snuck up on all of, of us, no doubt. Yeah, I'm kind of looking through here the um, kind of like what the upcoming schedule is, but for the breeders, as far as the Breeders' Cup goes. But we are, you know, really after this, you've got like you said you mentioned you've got like uh, trying to think of like big ones that might be you know the. That, you know, of course, the awesome again, but 
uh, at Santa Anita. We'll see. I, who's going to, would that be like a defunded type race? It, it, we'll go Rocket Ride or Arabian Night. Go there? Probably not. Well, I, right? I did see today that Arabian Night's going to train up to the Classic. So that's okay. for sure. So he's not going there. So yeah, it'll be a defunded, um, you know, uh, Stiletto Boy, um, that type. Yeah. Yeah, so those types, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and in the, I really hope defunded run i mean not to like that he runs well there because he maybe it's like he's a horse for course and if it is santanita then obviously that makes him more interesting for the classic yeah um because obviously he does not like del mar no um, <laughs> not if, at all but if, if he runs like shit again then you just know like don't, i'm not even gonna worry about him um, and he doesn't like life if he runs he doesn't like, like to run period <laughs> uh yeah and then you got key and then that, there's a, I mean, there's a sum in there obviously like the princess rooney um, big ass fans, uh, dirt mile winning you're in. That's uh, uh, Churchill Downs, the Akak. You know, get the Vosberg for the sprint, but like that, like like Dennis mentioned, like there's a lot of those those that last stretch are, are those Keeneland races, you know, where you've got like the big time, um, the Ogden Phoenix and the Dar- Darley Alcibiades and those kind of races that might actually, you know, for as far as the juveniles, um, and then the sprint, of course, like might actually produce um, some okay horses. You've got like the Chandelier. For the juvenile, and that's we'll talk about the juvenile fillies because it maybe feels like I feel like that division I'm having a better feel for than I am on the juveniles. Yeah, I think there's still some shaping up to do, but I agree with what you're saying there. I think that makes sense. And uh, you know, we talked about last week. Really, the juveniles are the only true like prep season, right? A lot of these horses, older horses, and in, in these different divisions, they don't really prep. You know, this time of year, they've already kind of got them done. So the juveniles, a lot will change. Uh, European horses, while horses come over, uh, will affect races as well. We'll start to get that information. So, I mean, it's coming together, right? Uh, it's, it's definitely coming together, but yeah, some of the last preps for races like the classic and, and, and where older horses are involved, you just don't see a whole lot. Uh, we'll hopefully this year will be a little bit different, but you know, past years, you just haven't really seen a whole lot of, uh, those bigger horses running in these last preps. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about it, you know, Patrick says this Philly race uh, at parks, the cotillion has big implications. I mean, that, I agree. And also on, on the bigger picture, something that's, that's interesting to think about is, you know, there's a lot of talk about obviously after Maple Leaf Mill, um, you know, just tragically died there in the test and then pretty mischievous did end up winning technically. Um, you know, though there was a lot of talk of like, man, like I, she might actually win you know, the three-year-old of the year, Maple Leaf Mail, that is, just based off of what we saw here today. And so I was kind of, I'm wondering, like, do you think it, Matt, like, like if Pretty Mischievous continues to win, does it only aid in Maple Leaf Mail? Or does it make her more of like a voters are going to vote for Pretty Mischievous because she keeps winning? Or do, or do you know what I mean? Or is it like with, with her winning, does it actually say, wow, Maple Leaf Mail, like she deserves that that honor? Um, no, because of you know the flattery that Pretty Mischievous ki- continues to do. Uh, that's a tough question. I I don't know the answer. Uh, I, I was would thinking about that because I was looking at your rankings and I thought you know that's interesting because my logic would say you want Pretty Mischievous to lose, or I don't say you want her, but if she were to lose like this race and maybe lose the Breeders' Cup then it's open, right? Because we don't really have a clear three or she did win the Oaks, but then you can say, well, maybe Leaf Mill dominated her in the test and who knows what she would you know and you could see a lot of voters going that way um if that were to happen 
I think it'll be more so pretty mischievous will win it if she keeps winning. Like, like honestly, like even a win in the cotillion. Yeah. I think she has an unlock. That's that's where I would lean, but I, you know, I what people are gonna do, I, I don't know. <laughs> I never know about that. So I'm not sure. I don't know, Shoddy, if a horse know. that's ever like has passed away is has won. I mean wasn't there a horse that recently? I don't remember. That's all I'm just gonna sound dumb. But there I felt like there was a horse not that died, but like maybe it was retired early that a lot of people wanted to vote for just based off of uh, kind of like the talent that was there, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, in what world is ML? I believe ML winning Eclipse. Well, I mean, she was undefeated. Uh, she dusted pretty mischievous. If you have a situation where pretty mischievous doesn't win from here on out, I don't, I think you can make a pretty good case for it. I kind of lean with Jake a little bit. I, that thought never even crossed my mind. So I until right I've, now, I've actually talked to a lot of people that uh, that now they're not voters. Mm-hmm. So that, that's another thing. But um, and I think too, like if like you have a recency thing, like that was right after, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like now that unfortunately it's horse racing, right? The longer we go, we just kind of forget about it and. Mm-hmm. If pretty mischievous, obviously, if she were to win one like one of these races, like great, you know, one more grade one, she's the Oaks winner. She, you know what I mean? Like she wins the Oaks and the Cotillion, especially in this three year old crop. I don't know how you don't put her. To me, like I, I guess I'm in the state. I've never even given it a thought. I, I couldn't care less about the Eclipse Awards, so I, I don't. I that my mind's never even went there until you even said it. I'd never even given it one thought. But I, I, I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you're going to look at a resume and say, well, pretty mischievous. Say she wins this weekend. That's four grade one wins. Yeah. And that's and even it. if like, she had I, three grade one wins and one second to Maple Leaf Mel, I still think she would win it. So I, I, I would say pretty mischievous is going to win that award unless, you know, she loses the next couple of races. Somebody comes up and, you know, like the Chad Brown horse that won the Alabama, she wins a huge race or something. And then all of a sudden maybe she could, but I, I don't know. I just assumed pretty mischievous was like almost a lock as long as she keeps winning. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, you have a rank number one, Maple Leaf Mel. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring that up as wise, you know, as far as the overall picture. But I think the thing you're looking for there is uh, give her, give her like a finalist, you know, put Maple Leaf Mel in there. That might be like the, you know, the tribute to her, like, Hey, Cause you know, the thing that's crazy about that is like, if she were to, if she, obviously if it didn't happen, if she can't go that way, but like she wins a test, she does, you know, she does the Oaks winner. Say she wins. I don't know. You know, say she wins one more, one more grade one, like between now and the breeders cup and then wins the breeders cup, one of the breeders cup races, whatever. Then it's like, okay, you can make a huge case for her being the three-year-old of the year, two-year-old, you know, or for the Phillies three-year-old of the year. But you can't play the what if game for a horse that died. Well, and you would have definitely assumed she'd win the next one. And then think about like her and echo Zulu at the breeder's cup. Like that would have been, I mean, that's where she's going. She's going to the sprint. That would have been <laughs> entertaining to say the least. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, it's a shame, but it, it's, it didn't happen. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you can, and I don't know, maybe I don't have a vote either, but I, I just don't think you can play the, well, if this would happen right. and this, 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 I, I think at the end of the day, 
you just got to vote for the resume. And I, I, I just, unfortunately <laughs> that, that got cut short for her, you know? I think I would, if it was me, if I was voting, I would, you know, I'd probably put her like, I would, I would like put two, you know, and then make, give her the third, my third vote or whatever, just to mm-hmm. give her a finalist, you know, because she probably does. Cause uh, let's be honest, past pretty mischievous. It's, I guess wet paint you could throw in there. I, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, just, that's the other thing. I mean, there's nobody really uh, randomized, you know, if, if she was to continue to, or to win a race or two, you know, maybe, but yeah. I mean, no, Jake, there, there's not been a horse. Um, that's not one, a, a grade one. That's one. That's one. You got to kind of, that's kind of key, I think, to winning a grade one. And obviously I was alluding to the fact that she would have won that race, uh, obviously. But and that's that not to get into it, but that's a shame. Like at least I wouldn't it would have been so amazing if she at least got you know, just enough of the wire to where you can at least go out on that one. But uh, obviously not gonna get in that one. So Yeah. I, I mean I, that's just that's that's the, the worst thing about it. It was a it was a horse that should have won a grade one by, you know, six, eight links, whatever that was, and and didn't. So Anyways, while while bringing the show down further, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, about last weekend, did you did we see anything um, Breeders' Cup other than these two year olds? You know, what about the uh, the Woodbine Mile? Do you think that the Appleby Horse is is the real deal as far as the Breeders' Cup? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, he ran a very good race. I, I, we'll see what happens. Um, I. I'm haven't I didn't see that race and go okay that's the 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 Breeders Cup mile winner by any means, um, but I think I think he makes a makes an impact into it. I, I honestly, when it comes to Breeders Cup races and how that's going to project moving forward, I thought Vivi's Dream, even though that's a deep crop of, of fillies, two year old fillies, I thought she was really the one that that was like yeah that looks like a pretty pretty nice horse right like that looks like one that could win a Breeders Cup. She would have won the Iroquois. I mean, that's how that's how good she yeah. was versus the the other two year olds that day. Well, I mean, you talk about how how we're we're seeing these two year old Philly races and they're all really good, right? And yeah. think about Vivi's dream is she's going to have to run really good because there's good ones out there with Bright Work and uh, Tamara or whatever out out on the West Coast. Yeah, these two year old boy races continue to disappoint. They look good on paper and then they run the race and they're like, oh boy, that wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, right now Prince Monaco is kind of deep defaulting there, and I don't have a lot of confidence with him, uh, yeah. really whatsoever. And yeah, you mentioned, you know, Bright Work and Vivi's Dream, Tamara, Tamara, whatever. Um, obviously, those are the three that feel like are kind of separating themselves from the as far as being pretty elite in that division. I wonder about Vivi. Like you, you almost wish that the Breeders' Cup would be at Keeneland this year. Vivi's dream. I don't trust McPete getting that horse out uh out there to the west and 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 running a big race like she's been doing. Even Bright Work in itself is who's kind of I would say Bright Work has uh surpassed expectations, you know, already. And yeah. so you kind of wonder when that, you know, if that ball might fall and Tamara seems like kind of the horse, right? As far as the the you know, and then I, I like how you have the Laurent, Laurent, whatever the sleeper horse. I think that's an interesting horse as they get longer in distance. So I like those West Coast horses, I feel like are the ones I would lean towards in those two year old uh, division. And you kind of, with the three year olds or the two year old males, you kind of wait, like you said, you keep waiting for 
one of those to pop, you know, one of those horses yeah. that looks good on paper or looks has, has these cr- crazy good workouts or whatever. And then shows it on the track. And we just haven't quite seen that yet, you know? And, and I don't want to disrespect the, the horses that are uh, forget about Prince Bonaco. He's, he's been really good. And I didn't think he was great in, in, in the, uh, futurity, but he he's fine. But the, these other ones, I don't want to disrespect like a West Saratoga, or, you know, or the hopeful winner, but it, it's just like, it didn't look good on the track. The numbers didn't come back very good. The horses that you thought were good didn't run very well. Like it, it wasn't a situation where it was like, well, it's an upset winner, but he ran a 95 buyer and he, and he, in the, and the time was much faster than the Philly race, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't any of that. It was none of them really ran. Like they just didn't run very well. They didn't come home very fast. So uh, I think it puts extra, extra importance on the champagne, on the American Pharaoh, uh, yeah. And on the British futurity there at Keeneland. And if I'm forgetting one, I, I apologize, but those are the big three that I think those are massive races. They always are, but they're, they're big time races. We got to see, okay, does somebody step up or this is just what it is. These are the best sources we have. And it might be a little bit of a mess at the Breeders' Cup. So it, it's vitally, vitally important the next four or five weeks. All right, before we uh, get onto the show, I'm going to do something that just literally just popped in my head. So let's okay. do it. But now that we are, how many weeks are we out? Um, what is today? 21st, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks out. Six weeks from today will be, uh, it'll be Thursday before uh, the Breeders' Cup. So each week as we get closer, I'm going to ask you, we'll, we'll both give them out. And we can obviously change these, but as of right now, who is your classic winner? Yep, I'm doing it. Six yeah. weeks out, the one, the one race where it's like I, I hate this race. Um, <laughs> That's why. I did. What do you think? I guess I'll stick with White Abario. I, I, I'll say White Abario. Ugh. It's well. What are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. I know. I still hate it. I know. I get it. I, didn't, <laughs> I obviously didn't say that. Like, oh, why to borrow? It's gonna be great. Like, oh, I guess I'll go him. You know. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the three, the three year olds. It's just a matter of me deciding which one I'm gonna go with. I, I don't love the idea of of training up to the race, but the horse did run a huge race in Pacific Classic, and and it's Bob Baffert. So I'm gonna like cautiously say Arabian Night um, as we get closer, yep. but. as well (laughs) you know and and a lot of people in the chat saying archangelo right now and thousand percent understand get it i listen i like him i've got him the number one ranked horse i think he deserves all the credit in the world i think he should be the three-year-old of the year as long as he runs okay in the classic i don't there's just something about him it's like i don't think he's a classic winner but I don't think this is a normal classic either. So I've got to get over that. He doesn't look like these other classic winners. Okay. And it's not, it's not a knock on him to win the Breeders' Cup classic. You're the best horse in the country, right? At, at that distance. And he might be that, but he, he doesn't give me those vibes of those horses we've seen in the past that, that have won it. And again, this is another question that I'm just thinking of while we're talking about it, but doesn't it feel like that, from the three-year-old department and really even horse of the, I guess horse of the year would depend on what Cody's wish does in his breeders cup race. I think that would be, yeah. but that would make it interesting, right? You know, him because, because the fact that he faltered going, you know, 
Yeah, I honestly, I think if I think if Archangelo wins it, yeah, he's the horse of the year. That's where I'm going, and it's yeah. like as that was my like, not only three year old of the year because I do think the three year old, even though it's kind of unfortunate, Archangelo wins the Belmont, wins the Travers, hell of a year he's had, you know. But if he doesn't win the Classic and one of the other three year olds does, then I think by default they become the three year old champion because then each horse you can say, well, Ravy Knight won the Pacific Classic. Go Rock a Ride won the Haskell and, you know, and said Breeders' Cup Classic. So I do feel like even Forte, Mage even, I mean, I, I don't believe Mage is going to win the Classic, but if he did, Derby Classic. I do think the three-year-old comes down to who wins or maybe the who finishes ahead of who um, in that race. Yep. Having said that, how many of those horses can win Horse of the Year if they win that race? Is it all of them? I mean, Archangelo, you mentioned Arabian Night. I mean, Pacific Classic, Classic. I mean, who, maybe he didn't run enough this year. Go Rocket Ride. I, I don't. The, the, the problem is not the problem. It'd be a good thing for Arabian Night. Go Rocket Ride. I think they're both in the same boat. They both have one huge win. They both have a secondary win that's really nice. Uh, I think... I think they both could because who are you voting for? Elite Power, if he was to win the sprint, or Gunite, and I, they don't usually vote sprinters, right? Up to the mark would have had a shot. He's done. Yep, yep. Cody's wish if he could come back and roll in the mile, but they don't really love voting horses that can only go a mile. So I think they would have a shot at it. I think they could do it. I mean, the one clear cut answer is why to barrio right mm-hmm. i think he'll win it if he wins because yeah you can't make a case for for cody's wish if why barrio wins the classic because he beat no. him in that race you know what i mean and Which if why barrio loses then that hurts cody's wish too <laughs> you yeah, know that's like, true i i'm with you i don't even though cody's wish is a good answer i mean maybe a safe answer it's like, okay, great. He he went back to a distance he he does well in. He won the Met Mile, of course, but it's like, yeah. yeah, but look how he was terrible. And that's the other thing. He was terrible in the way. That's the other we've talked about that. That's the other problem. Why to Barrio? He he ran a he ran a race that was not anywhere near his normal, right? And you guys can speculate all you want. I'm not getting into it. I I pretty much agree with what you're probably gonna speculate on. But Cody's wish got beat by Zandon in the race they they were in another zip code right so if Curtis wish runs second gets beat two links you're like well this but is a bullshit thing that happened that happens with this trainer and well it's no big deal move on right yeah. but he, he was horrible in that he, that hurts he was not yeah exactly so that's yep. the other thing he didn't, didn't even he never even got close to making a case in the race so mm-hmm. um yeah i it's quite it's crazy that these I think just by default these three-year-olds are are you know obviously one would need to win to become a three-year-old or a, a horse of the year but even if they don't win i think if like say white barrio wins and and archangelo finishes second that's he that's your three-year-old of the year you know yeah and that's that's just it and if, if archangelo doesn't win it you just you you look at the end of the year and go wow this really was a bad year for racing because yeah. you're debating horses that shouldn't be sniffing that award. Ar- not Archangelo. Put him aside. That's different. The rest of these, they don't 
they don't have the resume. White Barrio doesn't really have a horse of the year resume at all. Really, Arabian Night and Go Rocket Ride don't have horse of the year resumes. I'm talking if they win the classic. They still, you look at it, it goes a good resume, probably shouldn't win horse of the year. But this year, it could, might, possibly will. Yeah, what do you think of uh, Shadi's Zandon Arabian Lion table? Just been like, are we just are we just going to continue to breed all these damaged horses? It seems like. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Taba is the most. I was like, I, that horse could. I don't know why that we ever even thought that horse might come back because that horse has been at yeah. the barn. I think the whole year at Spindrift the whole the whole year, but. Well, okay. C- clearly, Taba had all kinds of problems. Clearly, Arabian Lion has problems. Clearly. Yeah. You're not that erratic. I mean, you're talking about a horse that fell up the face of the map and was just awful for a stretch. Came back and ran races where it's like, he might be the best three-year-old. He didn't show up again. I mean, he obviously has issues. And Zandon, I mean, he, there's no problems there, I don't think. So, I, I, other than he's slow. So, I, I don't know. I think it, it goes to what we were saying. Get them, get them, get them those grade, graded victories and get them out of here. That's the key. And then we, I mean, can't blame them because they're, there's so much money to be made on that side, but it does feel like it's, you know, when we start seeing all these horses getting bred to these horses that had trouble staying on the track, it yeah. becomes worrisome. It'll be interesting to see what kind of horses uh, flight line produces. A freaky, well, such a freaky horse, but had trouble staying on the track. So that's that just did. How many of these horses recently have stayed on the track and haven't had trouble? You know. Yeah. Plus, to be completely honest, I don't subscribe on if they're if they had trouble on the track, they're going to produce all kinds of crippled babies. You know, I don't I don't know that that's really accurate. I mean, there's more. I think there's more to it than just as simple as like, well, yeah. I think it, you got to look past that horse and look at the bloodline of that horse. You know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what, what was the mom like? What was the dad like? What was the grandsire like? You know, and you, then you can start to get an idea of the bloodlines that are filtering down. But to say like, that'd be like saying, you know, you're, you just had some bad luck on, at, on the football field and you got hurt a lot. And not, because of that, your son's going to have yeah injury issues too. And it's like, well, it just well, doesn't work that way. You look at a horse like not this time. He only ran three times. We're not seeing all his horses break down and get hurt, you know? Right. Um, into mischief is one that Dennis throws out all the time. And oh my goodness, he barely ran. And I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily a thing. I don't think it's as simple as that. I, I think, I think in people's mind, that's like the simple answer and we could kind of focus on that and it not saying it wouldn't help, but I don't really think that's the main problem with this. <laughs> well, there's a lot of problems. It's something. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's get to today's show. We're going to preview and give picks for Saturday's, Two, two $1 million races, the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby and the $1 million Cotillion Stakes at Parks Racing. Then we get some rapid fire selections for the remaining greatest stakes races this weekend at Belmont Park. Or no, I'm sorry. Sorry. Belmont at the Big A, Parks Racing and Remington Park, including Sunday's $400,000 Oklahoma Derby. Let's go. And they're off in the Pennsylvania Derby. All right, Parks on Saturday. We've got the, uh, every year, this is a huge race, race 13. We're going to do the Pennsylvania Derby first, and we'll go back one race to the Cotillion. Race 13, the Pennsylvania Derby, grade one, million-dollar race, going to mile and eighth for three-year-olds. Field of 11 lined up for this one. 
you know, Halterman, it's, you know, we were, I don't even know, I think it's like the year that the, we had the biggest winner of all time in the race, Math Wizard, win the race. We were there. Uh, we picked the worst year of all time to go to. And even that race might be comparable <laughs> to this one. Uh, you know, it's lacking some stars for sure. You'd like to see a, a little bit of a stronger star-studded field. But you do have the three Saudi crown in here at somehow 7-2. to I don't didn't quite understand the morning line here. I think that horse is going to go off the favorite. Three to one, although the outside are reincarnate for Bob Baffert. You got Scotland, of course, didn't fare so well in the Travers at six to one. Five to one on Magic Tap, I think, is interesting, kind of becoming a little bit better of a horse as of late. Gilmore in here for Walsh, Karupi, Ilmer Cole. I mean, kind of that list of horses, right? But but it starts with Saudi Crown. What do you think of this race for him? And what do you think of the field overall? Well, listen, I think Saudi Crown should get it done. I think he should take him gate to wire. If you remember how Parks played last year on this big day, it was all speed. If you watch Parks uh, on a regular basis, speed usually wins the races. If you watch Parks when it's sloppy, which it could be on Saturday, speed usually holds. I think that all points to Saudi Crown. He's drawn inside. I think he just, if he breaks well, he gets out in front. He's going to be really tough to catch. He also looked over the sloppy ch- track at the gym, Dandy. Uh, he was fantastic. You know, just an unlucky loss, a head bob one way or another, and he's a Jim Dandy winner. I think he'll be like seven to five. But I think Saudi Crown is going to be awful tough. And yeah, listen, it, it's the worst Pennsylvania Derby I've seen. Um, it feels more like a West Virginia Derby, uh, like an Oklahoma Derby. It feels more second rate, and that's not what this race has been over the years. It it has been a race. Now, whoever wins it, wins it, whatever, but it's been a race that has had a lot of really nice horses. Um, I don't see it this year. I I think Saudi Crown's nice. Uh, I think the rest of these horses have kind of proven they're kind of on that second rate uh, or, you know, second cut of uh, horses in this crop. Yeah, I mean, it. it's interesting, too, because, like, Magic, or I'm, I'm sorry, Saudi Crown, he does look nice, but it's, like, as good as he ran in the gym dandy, you know, there was no, and now you can look at it both ways, right? There was no immediate, like, he's, like, immediately, he's, like, yeah, we're, we're going to the Pennsylvania Derby when I'm thinking about the Travers, you know, with this horse, and maybe it's just because it's a horse that's lightly raised and kind of becoming into his own a little bit, but also could look at it like, hey, this is a plan all along um, for Brad Cox and Saudi Crown. But to be fair, he hasn't won a stakes race yet. You know, he got beat. He, he, he ran he ran great in both of them. The Dwyer was unbelievable. Got beat by uh, Fort Bragg that day. He was a good horse. And then the Jim Dandy was unbelievable. I mean, he ran too good to lose. And you could argue he, he should have won the race, but got beat by Forte. Forte obviously did not come back to run well at all in the Travers, but you know, you know what Forte is about. So you kind of wonder like one, is he, is he good enough? You know, he's the horse that likes to run really well and not win. Or were those just cases of, of just running, you know, against the two good of horses or the, you know, bad situations or, or what have you. But the other parts of this, and I've seen some comments in here, there is a lot of, there is a lot of speed in this race. And, and he is a horse that has done nothing really, but go gate to wire. Although on debut, he, he kind of set off of it, but are you worried about the pace kind of hampering him a little bit? No, I'm not at all. You look at the race in the Dwyer, he went super fast and was still finishing pretty well. Uh, yeah, last time out, there was no pace in the Jim Dandy. And honestly, I think if Giroux kind of gets him ahead a little bit more, 
I think he probably would have won that race, meaning I think he could have went a lot faster than he did. Uh, And he kind of left the other horses, meaning Forte, in the race a little bit. Um, Listen, yeah, okay, there's a lot of speed, but like, you know, Scotland, I don't think he's as fast as Saudi Crown, right? No. You know, Ilmir Kola or whatever, I don't think he's as fast. Reincarnate. I don't think he's as fast. Like there's a lot of horses that have ones on the, on the past performances here and there, but I don't think any of them actually have like that natural speed that Saudi crown has. And that, that's why I think it's a little bit misleading. I, I, I think he'll go out. I bet he runs the half in 47 and I bet if he does run that half in 47, he's, he's not going to be pressed. I, I think 47 for a half, he's two in front. But you got to look at it too. Like, I, you just kind of, even though you look at the numbers, like you said, but, you know, Magic Tap is not fast enough early on. Now, he ran a nice race last time out to beat uh, Film Star, who came back. And Film Star is a nice horse. He had a really good um, Saratoga, ran it, won a couple times after. Um, yep. So, you know, I, I think that is a nice, you know, like confidence as far as you think. I think Magic Tap to me is the horse that, could possibly upset this thing that if it's not Saudi crown, in my opinion, but Scotland, here's the thing with Scotland is, is I, I feel like we learned that day and, you know, in the curling, he got away with, with, you know, he just kind of stole the thing, you know? And I think you look at the Travers, they try to do it again and it's a different field. And I just don't necessarily love the fact that this horse is going to rebound off of that race. Um, I just, I don't love Scotland here, even though I do think he'll run better than he did in the Travers. And to me, I think there's no chance in hell reincarnate's not going to go to the lead because I know I think they know that's the only way that we can win this thing is if we because obviously you draw from the eleven hole as well. You got to get out of the gate. You got to go. You look at his past performances. Anytime the horses ran well, they've tried to get to, they've gotten to the lead. Right now, the last three prior to this last one, he never got close to the lead because you know whether it be poor trips or just wasn't very good or in tougher fields. You know, you look at the Arkansas Derby, that was the closest time he got back to that lead and, and he wasn't quite there. I, I think drawing, he's going to, he's going to have to be forwardly placed. So I kind of wonder if, if Saudi crown, you know, if, if, uh, if uh, Drew decides to, if reincarnate just says like, we're going, we're going no matter what, if he says, okay, like I'll go and I'll make you work for it. But if you want to like go crazy, I'll sit off of it a little bit because he did do that on debut. To me, reincarnate gets the lead when there's not any other speed in the race, right? Rebel, he didn't break well. Arkansas Derby, he could have easily had the lead. He 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 didn't get he couldn't do it. You know, Kentucky Derby, he couldn't hang up there with him. I don't think he's like naturally a I mean, he's fast, but I don't think he's like a burner. And I think I'm with you. Like they're gonna have to send him out of there. I think he ends up sitting like second or third. Uh, he is the worry, though, if they really try to blaze him and maybe they'll press Saudi crown a little bit. I don't think reincarnates winning this race. He could play a part in the pace. Uh, you would think from the outside gate, like I said, they're going to have to send him. I don't know. You just look at this horse to me. And I know it's a Baffert and they can jump up and run big races. This this guy has been just pretty average. He, he, you can't really say much bad about him but you can't really say a lot of shiningly great things about him either. He's just kind of there. He's kind of solid. Um, you know, could he outclass a few of these and hit the board, maybe even get up a win. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but 
this just is not a horse that has that Baffert like turn of foot. He's just kind of a grinder. I don't think he'll win this race doing that. No. Well, like, and I think like you, you're alluding to, you know, you look at the, uh, the sham ap- after we talked about earlier, you know, even the race prior and the maiden special weight went kind of gate to wire and kind of learned something. I think that day too, that this is a horse that debuted on the turf for two starts. And then they finally got the horse to the lead two starts into the dirt tries and the horse found something then did it again. The sham couldn't get to the lead in, in the rebel um, kind of got shuffled back early and never was, I mean, it actually was way back and actually made a run and it kind of got people excited. Like, Hey, maybe this might be an okay horse moving forward. Arca, you know, in the Arkansas Derby again, couldn't get to the lead, even though kind of had every opportunity. Um, and then the Kentucky Derby obviously just, you know, was awful. So you're right. Like he does get to the lead when the field sucks or the field is not fast enough and he kind of inherits an easy lead, but whenever he needs to work for it, I don't think he's good enough to do it. Same. Yeah. I mean, I kind of look elsewhere, you know, I, I, like, like you mentioned him, I think number four magic tap is a horse that's super interesting mm-hmm. and is kind of flexible, I think, and could sit yep. that, Hey, I'll sit you in third or fourth. And, and if there is a speed duel, I can come get you. If there's not, I can sit a little bit closer, kind of read the pace gaffley on a board. I thought Magic Tap was the one that's really interesting for me, kind of that new shooter into the stakes game. I, to me, I've got him in second. I, I think he's a he's a dangerous, dangerous horse. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a big race. And look, I, I, I think the only kind of thing is, yeah, he did lose to Saudi Crown on debut, but that was a long time ago, and he's got nothing but better since, and especially stretching out. So. I'm not a, I'm not really interested in reincarnate here. I'm more interested with, uh, you know, if you're looking to beat Saudi crown, I think magic tap makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I, I like magic tap second here as well. I almost picked him, but you know, I watched back, go back and watch and watch the replays. He, well, you, if you didn't know by looking at him and didn't know by watching him run, like he's a son of tap it. You can tell like yeah, he, he's, he's an idiot. Yeah, and he is. He, he, you could, he runs a lot like, his half brother tapetries where he doesn't really do a lot of running. And then you watch that last race. He didn't look like he had a chance to get to uh, the winner that day. And then he just kind of kept coming and kept coming and just grinded them down. I feel like if that were to happen, the way he wins this race, isn't by him running this spectacular race. It's more of him running what he's, cause he's been running like mid 90 buyers steady, you know, other than that debut, mm-hmm. he's going to have to run his race like he normally does. And then have, some sort of pace meltdown. Saudi Crown gets tired out by reincarnate or whatever. Like I don't, ex- I don't expect Saudi Crown to run the Jim Dandy or something where he runs this really, really good race and Magic Tap gets to him. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a matter of there's going to be some sort of if you believe there there is a meltdown uh, uh, coming, then I think Magic Tap, like you you alluded to, he's quick. He's got enough early gate speed where he can get in a position, but he doesn't need to be on the lead, but he'll sit there and track the horses and he will get first run uh, on these horses that are maybe going out to the lead. Yep. No, I, I agree. And I, I think again, he, he is a little bit of a goofy horse. He's kind of a reincarnate in a way, um, you know, but I, I think he's kind of more on the upswing. So he's interesting. I, you mentioned Scotland. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked obviously wins, but I'm not a, I just don't buy that Curlin. Everybody went nuts over that race, and it's just like, yeah, that field, it yeah. was bad. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. I I do think 
dreamlike is kind of interesting here at 10 to one. And the reason I say it before that last race, which I don't know what that was. He got beat 13 links on allowance at Saratoga where he was four to five. I don't know what happened. He was just a no show. He was awful, but I, I just feel like the, for Pletcher to bring him here and, and not only Pletcher bringing him here because sometimes, you know, a trainer could get pressured into running a horse wherever. Right. But getting Irad, like yeah. you would think if like, if Pletcher didn't think dream, Mike was doing all that. Well, he'd tell Irad, Hey, listen, I get it. I get your call on wanting a Pennsylvania Derby mount. You don't want this one, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we me, know we know one thing, right? And sorry to interrupt, but we know one thing between the two Pletchers, Dreamlike's the one you want. Because if he would, if, if Krupe was the better option, he would have been on Krupe. Krupe has no rider listed, but I did see that Paco Lopez is going to ride him. But still, like to me, at least we know between the two. I you like you would tend to think Irad's on Dreamlike. That's the one you want. Yeah, and I. I just got to sit here and think, well, whatever happened, happened that day. And, you know, his race two back at a mile and an eighth was a really nice effort. His race three back at a mile and an eighth. I mean, he was right there in the Wood Memorial, lost by a head. I, I mean, I, I just kind of feel like he's got to bounce back a little bit. He can't be worse than what he was. Um, so maybe at a price he he's one to take a look at. But, you know, He's a horse I wouldn't even consider most years in this race, but there's just not a lot of talent in this race this year. No, I I don't think he can win, but I do think underneath is, is a very possibility. What do you think about Ilmer Cole? I mean, a horse that has been talked about for a long time, finished second to Scotland that day in the Curlin. Um, of course, ran the Belmont, didn't run great, but, it, you know, came back and, and dusted him in the Smarty Jones, of course, here at Parks, the local track. So, could you see a case that this horse could be like the upsetter? Wouldn't be completely shocked because he did get that win over the track, but I, I don't think he's I don't think he's really up to that level. I really don't. I mean, getting that win, it it, it does mean something. Maybe he can, you know, maybe he can hit the board, something like that. I, I would be a I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he win, wins, but I, it would be a little surprising. What do you think of, I'll bring this question up, because he is entered, we'll talk about the race here in a little bit. He is yeah. also entered at Rem, the Remington, um, or the Oklahoma Derby. That's number seven, West Coast Cowboy for uh, for Sappy Joseph. What do you think of this one? Do you Have you heard if he's going to, which one he's going to be in? I have not heard. Um, I hope he goes to Remington, because I think West Coast Cowboy has a pretty decent shot in the Oklahoma Derby. I'm not sure about this one. I <sighs> I'm agree. I agree. He's not, he's not bad. Um, you know, the race two back at Prairie Meadows, that was a, just a really funky race. Nobody really ran very good in that race. You take that one out, you take out the Florida Derby where he was totally overmatched. The rest of them have been okay. I mean, he's been right in there. He's had a shot, but he did lose by three links at West Virginia to red route one. I don't know that that translates to a win in the Pennsylvania Derby. If you want to use him underneath though, I, I don't think it's bad because I do think he's going to show up and, and give it a, give it a try. You know, I don't think he's one you got to worry about. Well, he's going to get kind of within a few of these good horses and quit. I think he'll keep going, but I don't know. I just don't know how, how good he is. Yeah. I, he is gritty and I agree. Uh, I yeah. hope he does show up because I, I considered him quite a bit in the, in the, in the Oklahoma Derby Whereas here. I just think that might be a little much. Um, all right, so I think we kind of kind of talked about it, but we both are picking Saudi Crown mostly based off of his speed 
and just talent over a, a field that doesn't look um, too scary. But if it's not him, you kind of alluded to it, but I'll let you reconfirm. Magic Tap, is that kind of your upsetter that's going to be a decent price here? Yeah, I I, I like... Uh... I think I'd go three, four, two, five in this one and try to get reincarnated out of it with the idea and knowing that he very well could, but he's just, to me, he's a favorite. You try to beat, although he's not going to be the favorite. Saudi crown is going to be the favorite. So yeah, I like three and I like the four Saudi crown and magic tap. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I like Saudi crown magic tap. I like quite a bit, you know, I, even though I'm kind of playing against the horse I'm most concerned about beating me is the five Scotland, just because I do think the horse before that Travers was very interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he certainly could bounce back and kind of become that horse. Maybe it was distance that got him that day as well. Um, so I'd, I might consider playing like, just because I don't want to get beat by him. I really like magic tap. I just don't know that he's going to be good enough to win. So I kind of like playing like a three, five over four exacta something mm-hmm. like that, where you can get one of those winners. I do feel very confident in Saudi crown. And if you know, kind of my protection is the five Scotland, if he, if you were to kind of bounce back and then magic tap, I just feel really good about him running a good race, but just not being quite good enough um, to win here, but something like that. Okay. So past that, um, what are you doing? You know, we talked a lot about in the opening about these three-year-olds, you know, I don't know that, any of these are going to end up, maybe they would, I guess. Magic Tap, I guess, maybe could. What do you, I mean, what do you think about this from a Breeders' Cup standpoint? Is there any Breeders' Cup implications looking, um, depending on what we see here? Saudi Crown in the Dirt Mile, maybe? He would be, he'd be scary there. I think he, the way Santa Anita plays, his speed, this is assuming obviously he runs well. I think he could be an interesting horse. Um, you know, you think about Cyberknife last year for Cox. Saudi Crown might have a little more speed. Um, I don't think he has the resume, obviously, of a Cyberknife, but, you know, uh, I think him in the Dirt Mile would be interesting. I, listen, some of these one or two might be in the Classic. I don't think they're going to play a big factor in it, though. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, to me, Magic Tap would be a horse if he were to run well here. Would definitely aim towards the classic just because who he's trained by and the connections, and obviously the way he's bred. You would assume the distance would would be a, to his liking. Um, Dreamlike, you know, another one that you could you could see aiming that direction if if the horse were to run well here. I don't think just based off of the decision that, that Brad made right after the Jim Dandy, I don't think we're going to see that horse, no matter if he rolls here, Saudi crown that is in the classic. I think you're yeah. right with the dirt mile. I, you look at him, like he's got a little bit of uh Nick's go before he was the classic Nick's to go feel to him, you know, where he was like, kind of got to Brad Cox. And when we, he came to the Raiders cup dirt mile, he was awesome. Right. Just mm-hmm. so good, and and you look, we kind of we, we kind of thought he we, he might have one, um, in uh, help me out. What was the horse that ran awful last time out that we kind of thought might be his dirt mile horse? Horse that ran awful last time out. He ran at like Monmouth or some bullshit track. Um, oh, we talking about the Zozos? Yeah, Zozos. Yeah. We talked about it on Blinkers Off. He's not. Yeah. That's not him. No. Uh, Saudi no. Crown would eat his lunch, so maybe Saudi yeah. Crown uh, is the horse. Hopefully. 
Yeah, Magic kind of chimed in on the on the private here. This is Il Marcolo would probably be a classic horse just based off of who's uh, he he could he could uh, based off who trains him he could run in it no matter how he finishes in this race. So yeah, yeah so you're right. I think in considering they ran him in the Belmont, um, they ran him in a lot of these. You know, you look at the races those horses ran in. Um, just since December, he's ran in the Rimson, he's ran in the Mucha Mucha Mucha, he's ran in the Holy Bull, the Fountain Youth, Florida Derby, the Belmont, the Curlin, the Smarty Jones. Like, he's gonna run him in a big race, right? Yep. So, uh, that's just kind of how it goes. So, that you know, you got to think there'd be one or two. Um, and what do you do with reincarnate out of this race? You know, assuming he runs like you, we kind of think he might. I don't, uh, I don't know that we see him in the in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, if he, yeah, if he wins it, he'll be in the classic. Well, yeah. If he doesn't, uh, I would think about trying to get him ready for a race like the Clark. Honestly, like I would try to, well, you know, think of, okay, where's a race that I can go win. It's a big time race. Uh, I, I, I don't think reincarnate. I mean, if he wins a race, he'll be in the classic for sure. If he doesn't, I, I just, I don't know where you, cause he doesn't fit in the dirt mile. Um, and he, I don't think he, would fit in the class. Let's say if he runs third, I, I don't think they'd run him in the classic. Probably be like one of those undercard races. Maybe that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. There's our picks for the Pennsylvania Derby. Halterman and I are both going with the three Saudi crown to win for Brad Cox. And they're off at the Cotillion Stakes. All right. Let's go to the race prior uh, to the Pennsylvania Derby. That's race 12 at, at Parks. So the Cotillion Stakes, a million dollars. Grade one, one and one sixteenth miles for Philly, three-year-olds. Field of nine lines up here, and we talked about this horse a lot in the opening. Number three, pretty mischievous. Uh, your two-to-one favorite, your Oaks winner, deserving favorite, obviously. But it is a better field, I feel like, as far as depth and options um, that we've kind of seen uh, this kind of coming into this race. They feel, I feel like there's some nice horses. There's some uh, prices that you could be, you know, I could be talked into. So, I do feel like this is a deeper field, and I'm not a huge believer in Pretty Mischievous. I mean, it's, I, I do think she's deserving, right? But I, I'm going to try to beat her here. Um, what do you think of the field? I think it's a really good field. Uh, I'm going to try to beat Pretty Mischievous as well. I, I do think, uh, you know, these these are horses that uh, are, have been solid. I mean, you, you look at the four, uh, who's your filly, the five, you know, the seven's been pretty good. I'm beating around the bush, though. I, I like the two-ceiling crusher. I think this horse goes gate to wire. I, I put this one on top. Uh, you know, oh, there you go. Mark likes ceiling crusher as well there. Um, look, was just flawless and then had her singled. All she had to do was win that day, July 27th at Del Mar, and she ran. <laughs> she, she ran. I mean, her only loss. It's like, what the fuck, right? Like, unbelievable. Don't single course, her here. Yeah, and, of course, next time out goes the Tory Pines and dominates uh, against Open Company, and it's just like, I hate racing, but you know, I, I really believe this horse is going to get out to the front and I don't think they're going to catch her. So I, I went number two ceiling crusher on top. Well, Mark, Mark likes her. You like her make it three. I got the two ceiling crusher as well. Uh, I listen, I just, I'm with you. I just think she, that the one loss there that day, like you mentioned, but other than that, five of six, it's just been really good. Was in the you know kind of it's a cow bread and was in the cow races and then came out and ran the Tory Pines and just dusted them going a mile last out. I mean, you go watch that race. It was very visually impressive. Uh, one by six links, never really just kind of cruised. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that now, by the way, 
That was this month. That was in September. Yep. Doug O'Neill ain't shipping her out here to lose. You know, like he 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 saw how good she was that day and said, "Hey, there's a million dollar race out there." You know, PA. Let's go see if we can steal that thing um, before the Breeders' Cup, maybe. And so, I love the move. I think it's aggressive, and it's a good time to do it. I just you look at the you look at the uh, the horses lined up in this race from a pace standpoint, from a speed standpoint, and it's just I know there's some like kind of it's like the last race a little bit where on paper it looks like there might be some speed, but there's really I, there's no one that can touch her. From a from a speed standpoint, you know, defining purpose. There's no way I don't think McPeak and and uh, Hernandez are, are going to push to go to the lead there. Hoosier Philly is the Maybe. other one, but I just yeah. don't think she's fast enough, and that's my concern. With I, I like her, especially at six to one, I like her, but I just am concerned with Hoosier Philly that she, the times that she's been able to run well, it's when she's kind of gotten these easy. You know, the, the one at Ellis Park, she ran a twenty five. And yeah. 48 and four. And it's just, she's not going to get that lead. If she's, if she runs that here, she's going to be in like third or fourth. And I just, I don't, just don't think the race sets up perfectly for her, especially considering the two. So that's why I, I like the two. I think the horse gate to wire as well. Do you think it's a, on, on pretty mischievous? Do you think it's for me? It, it was just, uh, I don't, I don't know that she gets there this time. I think she's going to fall a little bit too far behind. Was that kind of your thought on that, on her? Yeah, I just, you know, you look back and I mean, since that Oaks, which by the way, she won at 10 to one and I'm not like, don't, I mean, she's, she was, a, she's been a great horse, you know, she lost the fairground Oaks and that's really it, but she barely got there on the acorn. She didn't even get, I mean, she was not even close in the test, but obviously um, got it that day because of what happened. So it's just like, she regressed greatly in the test as well. Um, I get that was seven furlongs. Now we're going a distance that maybe she likes a little more, but I just think she's kind of been playing with fire a little bit. And mm -hmm. I think this is the time she, I don't think she can get to the two. I agree. I, yeah, I don't but... think she's very good. Just <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I, and I, and I get that like, I'm going to probably get some heat for that because it's hard to disagree like her results, but I mean, okay. So she won the Oaks. She beat Gambling Girl and the Alleys. Mm -hmm. Like those horses are awful. The Oaks was bad, right? The race prior in the Fairgrounds Oaks, she Southlawn beat her. Southlawn has been awful, bad, yeah, really bad. Um, you know the Acorn. She beat Dorth Vader and a Colt. A Colt is one we'll talk about in a second. That I think is somewhat interesting here. Um, and then you know she clearly unhinged. Probably should have won the damn race in the test. Well, she, I don't know how she got the, the the picture for that or got her nose down, but well, if if you remember, Jared, she got it because she was outside and clearly unhinged was inside and clearly unhinged saw that horse break down. Talk about Maple Leaf Mill and stopped for a minute. Yeah, like paused and that and, and that, that got pretty mischievous back into the race, or she would finish third. Yeah, and so, and I also think too, it's like let's pretend that. Obviously, I wish we could pretend that nothing happened to Maple Leaf Mel, and she like then you'd be looking at that race and being like, "Damn, like she was not very good that day," you yeah. know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you look at it like she's won three Grade Ones in a row, and so it's just I think there's a there's a misleading angle there with the three pretty. I, I I'm not going to take anything away from her. She she's won three Grade One. I'll I'll count two Grade Ones, but still very good. But I just don't 
trust her enough to get the job done here. Now, having said that, having said that, if the two ceiling crusher just maybe was fluky out, I mean, I wouldn't say fluky, but maybe is like loves West Coast racing and just isn't quite good enough to come out here, then this isn't the greatest of fields, right? It's kind of what Pretty Mischievous has been beating. So Mm -hmm. if the two doesn't run well, I wouldn't be shocked if Pretty Mischievous wins another one. Yeah, uh, I honestly, I think I think I'm just going to use two, three, and go on. I, yeah. I I think you use the two, thinking, hey, she's the up and comer. She's got the pace advantage. She's going to be tough. But I mean, if you're going to make a case, okay, who's going to catch the two? The three is the one that's that that is the most likely horse to catch the two. So, uh, you know, that's that's just it. So I I'm with you. Michael says he likes the three, four, two. So he's going to throw in who's your filly, but. Yeah, um, I I do say this about Hoosier Philly, and you can I'll see if you agree or not. But I would be more in, inclined to either use her on top, like if I'm playing Exacta or Try, or just not using her at all. You know, I don't. I think she's either one of those that we see like a big kind of performance from her, or you can look at her wins, Hoosier Philly that is, and it's been they're been kind of dominant efforts. You know, mm-hmm. and kind of dust them and i think that's what would have to happen in order for her to win if she doesn't win i think it's you can pencil her in wherever you know well her path to victory is she inherits the lead and if she's on the lead it means the pace is slow and if she's on the lead on a slow pace she will be tough right but you look at her races this year you know obviously the two races at fairgrounds were really bad she did get second in the Black Eyed Susan, but she really was a distant second. She got the easy lead, and then last time out, she didn't show up at, at Charlestown. So I, I'm not going to sit here and be shocked if she wins, but to me, I don't think she gets to the desired trip. All right, there's two horses that I want to mention, but I'll I'll see if you mention them first, or at least one of them. Give me a couple more. Give me one more that you're interested in here that's not – you know, the, the two, three, four. Well, you said you want to mention the, f- uh, the five, uh, occult and uh, occult, however you say it's the name there. And I, I think this is a pretty nice horse. So I think the five makes a lot of sense. Uh, one, the Monmouth Oaks last time out two back was fairly competitive with pretty mischievous. So, uh, you know, Chad Brown, I rat, I get it. The five, I think makes sense. Yeah. I, you go back and watch and, and the acorn and, you know, was kind of, was way out of it early and made a nice run. Obviously it was never that close, but the Monmouth Oaks. And I kind of wanted like a, a first thought I thought, well, I don't know, maybe that was just uh, you know, like uh, just based off the field she was facing, but she made a move that was pretty, pretty impressive. You know, mm-hmm. like she made a move that was, uh, looked like she, you know, she was behind horses. And then when, when, uh, I guess who was right. Lynch was writing that day is like, just said, go, it was like, boom, the race was over. And that was impressive, but you look at the acorn numbers and you, I mean, like she didn't really run a improved race from the acorn. I'd feel like it was just a lesser competition. She yep. does have that nice burst. And so I do feel like if, if things kind of were to fall apart, if some sense, like I could see her um, making some noise, but I'm, I couldn't quite get behind her. I'll tell you the one horse that I'm interested in, but I didn't underneath, especially, and that's the one foggy night. I think that's an interesting horse likes parks. 
Um, three wins at Parks and three seconds. So it's ran well here. Likes his distance quite a bit. You know, finished second that day, beaten, well beaten to a Colt. So that's the big reason why I couldn't quite, you know, get on board with her on top. But then she came back and ran at Parks and that Catherine Sophia and just dusted him again. It's a nice horse, I think. Uh, I think I could see this horse running well, regardless. He's going to sit a nice pace, kind of off the pace. Um, likes the distance, like I said, and the track. So to me, Foggy Knight is a horse at 12 to 1 that I could see upsetting underneath, you know, finishing second or third and kind of, if you like, say, Ceiling Crusher like I do, playing like the 2-1 two, two, or 2-1-3 or something like that to where if she were to get up and get second or third, you could get paid um, even with getting like a couple, you know, shorter prizes home. Yeah, I'm not a bad one. I, I agree with that. I, I kind of had some similar-ish thoughts on number six, just Catherine, uh, as a horse that could get up, hit the board maybe, you know, the yeah. Raging Sea last time out at Saratoga. Uh, finished a length and a half behind randomized, you know, so uh, two races back at Saratoga. So I thought yep. just Catherine made sense. I think she comes running late as well. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that horse quite a bit uh, as well. As far as a pace standpoint of if this thing were to fall apart, these horses should be coming. Um, and it might be an interest if you, if you say you're just against who's your filly and, and you want to try to completely be pretty mischievous, you could throw in like whoever you like on top, whether it be ceiling crusher or maybe you like pretty mischievous and you play in that horse and playing a couple of prices underneath and trying to get this thing home um, mm -hmm. at a big price. And that's kind of, I mean, I think the wheel pace for those kind of, if you include the one and the six, they would be huge um, as far as exact as yep. go and tries and so like, you know, um, doubles if you want to play a win or whatever, but uh, all right, you and I are both, we're on the same horse in both these races. Ultimate number two ceiling crusher for each of us. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire, presented by Racing Dudes Best Bets. If you haven't checked out the Best Bets page, go to racingdudes.com, and you can see uh, exactly who my, myself, Halterman, Papa Dude, the whole team at racingdudes.com are playing each and every day. You know, if you kind of go to the site and you like the picks, or you're trying to get an idea of, like, who does who does Halterman really like here? You know, I, I, I bought the day pass, but I don't know exactly who I should really hone in on, whether it be in my pick fours or my pick fives or a win bet. You can see exactly who we're playing. Like we're legit playing on top of that. You get to see the stats. You can see, uh, you know, who we like, who, you know, or how we've done, um, uh, you know, our ROI. We just added that to the site. So you can get an idea of the ROI of how we uh, are performing the losses of this week, wins, losses. So everything kind of stats there is related. You can get an idea of who to kind of follow or who to uh, fade. So go to the best bets page at racingdudes.com. It's just right there on the uh, homepage on the main menu. And you can uh, see who we like each and every day. All right, let's, uh, we're going to do a couple of rapid fires here. We're going to Belmont at the big A. This is race seven on Saturday, the Noble Damsel Stakes, grade three, 150K, one mile on the turf for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up. Build a seven, bunch of also eligible. So we'll see what the uh, weather does. That's another thing. We didn't really talk about it much in, uh, or at all, I guess. And, uh, but there's some weather that could be coming in to this area on saturday well obviously we don't try to predict that here mm -hmm. but if it were to happen you know we could see some changes so make sure you come back to the site to see our updates and obviously uh, we can't really say that for the two in ceiling pressure but it does feel like saudi crown would be one that would uh not be hurt at all by any kind of weather but we'll see what this ha the race comes obviously it's on the turf so we'll see if it gets rained off but for now field of seven 
And uh, we might as well call it the Chad Brown Stakes. There's a bunch of Chad Browns in here, and they're all short prices. So which one did you pick? <laughs> I went number six, Gina Romantica, on top in this one. Uh, third race off the layoff. You know, got, knocked the rust off at Monmouth. Didn't run very well, but still was okay. Last time out, ran a little bit better in the Beverly D. I think the horse gets ready to run the best race here in this spot. So give me the six, Gina Romantica. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of... So well, I think we talked when we uh, when we did our. If you guys haven't seen it, by the way, make sure you go to our YouTube page and, and you can see our, our recent videos where we had a discussion, roundtable discussion last Friday. All of us at the, team, at the team, we had a live discussion about kind of what's happening in racing, what we want to fix, what we would fix, all the things. And I remember seeing some comments about, please just allow trainers to enter one horse because it makes it so hard. Well, in that case, we we have a bunch in here. Um, gerrymander is interesting, especially if this race gets taken off. I mean, the horse will be, and you kind of wonder if Chad thought that, right? You kind of like wonder if this if this race does get rained off. We know we got a nice mm -hmm. horse here, but I'm with you. I like the six Gino Romantica. If the horse ran well, Bev Rover is a nice horse. Uh, beat the horse last time out in the Beverly D. I think the distance is a little bit better um, for the six versus the the five fluffy stocks. Um, I like both of them uh, here, but I do think the I'm, I was a little surprised. Like I know Malf Malif Malavath I mm -hmm. got was getting. I saw a lot of people talking about that horse, and I was I don't see it. Um, this is a horse that's not been very good over here in the United States, but I feel like Chad Brown's going to win. Give me the six, Gina Romantica. If it does get rained off or you know, it goes sloppy, doesn't gerrymander become very interesting to you? Yeah, probably the horse to beat uh, would be Gerrymander if it comes off. Or Movie Moxie, uh, pretty good horse, the 11. But yeah. it, if if this one's off, it means it's really, really bad. Usually they'll try to keep the stakes on. Um, so we'll see. But there's a lot of MTOs uh, all over this card because the weather is supposed to be pretty bad up on the East Coast. All right, let's go back to parks on Saturday. This is race 11. The Gallup Bob Stakes, the Grade Two, worth 400k for uh, six-year-olds, going six furlongs here, Halterman. And you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the I'm done with Rivet train. I'll see if you are too. But to fill a ten, Rivet is your favorite at five to two. Uh, Nautical Star for Sappy Joseph is nine to two. Two uh, top shots there, Halterman. Are you, are you, are you done with the Rivet train as well? Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to try to beat him on top. Uh, the thing about it is this is not a great group, um, but I, I do think there's some horses, obviously, that can beat him, including one that beat him last time. I went with a little bit of a horse I didn't think I'd go with. I went number five, Nautical Star. I ended up going him on top here. Uh, you know, you look at the race last time out. I think that's more of like what they thought this horse would be like. Remember, they, they privately purchased the horse after a maiden win at Oakland. Ran right in the Florida Derby. That was nuts. Then they kind of hit the reset button. Allowance race at Gulfstream last time out over a sloppy track. That looked like a nice horse that time. Ran really well. Had some nice work since then. I think comes in here doing pretty well. But I'm going to go Nautical Star, the five horse on top. Well, let's see. We've had one, two, three. No way. This is the fourth race now. And we are both on another same horse again. Okay, I'm I'm shocked on that one. Go ahead though. <laughs> uh, number five, Nautical Star for me as well. I don't think we've ever. We'll see if we can go six or six here on this show. 
Um, nine, nine to two. Uh, I'm with you. You kind of said everything I was going to say. That last race, it felt like the reset button happened, and then we got to see a performance um, that we kind of saw the race prior to that uh, Florida Derby. Especially, I like the fact that the horse didn't necessarily need to go to the lead, kind of set off, got ran a nice number. The slop itself was a nice uh, added bonus. If you do think this is going to be off the off, or at least be a sloppy track um, or any kind of moisture in it. Gets Irad Ortiz, which Safi and Irad team up for a nice percentage at 26%. Been training well. You know, I, I just didn't like this field enough to go anywhere else. I, I It feels like it's not the greatest of fields. And the one horse that I am interested in as well is the four Damon's Mount. I just couldn't quite get there with the horse. If the horse ran really good as a two-year-old, if the horse kind of bounced back a little bit that last time out, but not a huge believer in in the horse overall so and listen let's talk about the nine rivet like i was big on him that day in uh the amsterdam i think it was Mm -hmm. yep it was and obviously you just like that was the first time that we saw him well first time in a long time where he couldn't he, he couldn't get to the lead he just playing like you look at his that that stretch of races where he he rattled off, which I believe was like five five races in a row. Just just other than that one race, like just went just blazed, just gate to wire, never got cl- you know you couldn't get to him. They ran, ran super fast. The last two man, he just he's lost it. He can't quite. I don't know what it is. If he's tired, you know he's ran a lot this year, um, but it just it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the same horse um that he that he was and so five to two to me seems way too low to take on him i get why he is um but i'm gonna try to beat him here so i'm with (laughs) i'm with you number five nautical star it's weird though right like i don't know they keep running them though yeah i i think i think the where they ran him kind of tell told you a little bit that he was a little they weren't quite sure he's up to that level but that that at uh, Saratoga was bad, and then last time out was just gross. Mm-hmm. Char- that Charlestown day was that's always a weird day. All right, last one here. Let's go to Sunday at Remington Park. This, of course, is race 10, the Oklahoma Derby, grade three, worth uh, 400k going to mile and eighth. Bunch of three year olds lined up here, Halterman, 13 horses, and you've got the all the way outside the 13 horse. Your three to one slight favorite for Brad Cox hit show seven to two on Red Route One uh, for Asmussen Rosario, of course the late running Red Route One, and then you know kind of got an option Race Kane, Race Kane. Like I'll tell you what, this horse feels like I feel like Race Kane runs in every single kind of mediocre three year old race, and is somehow a short price every <laughs> single time. I don't get it, I know. I know. but there it is. Hit show your three to one favorite. Where are you going? Yeah, the race came point is very interesting. Yeah, because you know he ran he ran in that Gotham in a race that he was the only closer in a fourteen horse field, and he won, and everybody went nuts, and he's done nothing since. Uh, nothing he did almost at all, and he shows up in all the races, and there, and he's oh, and the thing is, like the morning line makers always make him. I know a short price every time. I know. It's crazy. And anyway, he is. by the way, he was eight to five last time out in the West Virginia Derby. And he finished fourth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, this, this race is, uh, it, it, it's fun. Uh, there's 13 horses in here. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a mess of a field. 
I went to the outside. I went number 13, uh, hit show on top. I, I just kind of feel like he's going to outclass them. When you look at this whole field and then you look at hit show, he's definitely kept much better company than the rest of them. You know, he ran really well in the Belmont. He did not run well in the Jim Dandy. So that has me a little bit worried, but his other races have been pretty darn good. He ran really well in the Kentucky Derby. So yeah, I think hopefully he just didn't like the slop. That's what I'm going to go with in the Jim Dandy. I know a lot of people I was with was thinking hit show was going to run a big race in that one. He just didn't. This is a much better spot for him. I mean, to me, he's he's just the classiest horse in this race. So I'm going to go hit show on top. Well, I, I missed. I don't know how to count. Apparently, um, I said six for six. We're going to go five for five because uh, <laughs> I don't know the last time we we agreed on every every pick uh, of our rapid fire and our you know in-depth races. But here we go. Number 13 hit show for me as well. <laughs> Um, listen, I tried to beat him in a sense, like that's, yeah, that's what I do a lot with any race. And I, I think you should is like, if you see a horse that's a favorite, you believe is going to be bet as a favorite. Like first thing you do is look at the rest of the field and say, how am I beating them? You know, yeah. and if you can't get there, if you can't make a logical case, then I think, you know, it makes sense to, to look at that favorite closer. And that's, you know, it shows I'm with you, man. Like when I watched back the Kentucky Derby, he was one of maybe like three or four horses that I was the most impressed with mm-hmm. that race, the Kentucky Derby. I thought he ran a really nice race, all things considered. He had a lot of things kind of against him that day. He was a big price, not a lot of belief in him after lo- losing that Wood Memorial um, to Lord Miles. And I thought he ran a nice race that day. Came back, didn't run terrible in the Belmont and the Jim Daniel, like you said, was not great. But, you know, adds blinkers, gets in a field that, I would say it's below him still, but it's a lot more where he needs to be running to kind of get that confidence back. I think the biggest issue with him in this race is the 13 hole, you know, is can he get in a good position? You know, obviously getting Pratt helps. Um, can he get in a good position? But I think that he's talented. I think he's way, way above what's in this race. You know, you look, like you said, you look at those last three, you know, the, the wood memorial and the weather is like whatever, but you know, the Jim Dandy, the Belmont, the Derby. I mean, those are, those are three very good races um, as far as the courses he was in. There ain't those horses in this race. I mean, <laughs> Ray's Kane, I guess, is one that was it, that he can compare to as far as running um, in the Kentucky Derby. But, yeah, give me a break. I, I, I'm with you. I I think it's hit show. But I think we got to mention the 10 Red Route 1. Can the horse get it done here? It, it doesn't feel like a race that's over his head. That's for sure. I mean, he did win the West Virginia Derby, and and that's the type of race that I think we all kind of knew he was going to end up in. Indian, or, uh, uh, West Virginia Derby, Oklahoma Derby, you know, those were the races that made sense for him. I don't know why they tried the turf. That was crazy last time out to put him at Kentucky Downs. Uh, he's not that level. I think he can get it done. Uh, he's going to need a lot of help from the pace. Like it's going to have to kind of melt down for him. I don't think it will quite enough. I, I think you got to use him underneath. I mean, he's got to be that one, but you know, as far as winning, I, I would rather take a shot with like a Cagliostro, but I, I mean, again, I'm not gonna be shocked if Fred route one wins. This is kind of my, or his type, right? 
I think if you would have said, uh, you know, hey, Red Route One's going to be a West Virginia and Oklahoma Derby winner, you go, yeah, that makes sense. So I think he's in with a shot. He's not for me on top, though. Well, you kind of uh, you kind of already mentioned it there, but I, you know, a lot of people are, you know, and understandably so, like Dennis is saying, like definitely the best horse. Seems like the best horse, but thirteen posts, three to one, going to be shorter than that probably. Try to beat him. If you don't want to play, you know, another short price in, in Red Route One, is that your horse, the four? Yeah, I would take a shot with the four. I, I trust Sharita though. I, I I think she's awfully good. Uh, you know, came within a length of three quarters of winning the Indiana Derby. Ran behind Scotland, only lost by a head. Uh, you know, I, I think Cagliostro makes sense. Uh, I, I'm not extremely confident uh, that the horse is going to get it done, but at the price, and I think she'll be or he will be every bit of eight to one. You know, gets Torres to ride. I think that's good. I, I feel like that's the one to play. Uh, you know, if you're wanting a little bit of a price. And like I said, I'm going to put that horse in second and, and see what happens there. Uh, another one that I think the pace is going to be pretty hot, but obviously he has more speed early than uh, the big guy, Red Route 1. <laughs> anyway, you have more speed than him I do. at, yeah. uh, at <laughs> early on. Um, yeah, like I, when I looked at this, I, I, I think the, the easy answer for me is, is the seven West Coast Cowboys, assuming he runs in this race right if he runs in this race i think he's super interesting um he's ran really three straight pretty good races i know the iowa derby he got it you know finished fifth but you know that wasn't he ran an okay race i just don't think it was to his likings um but you like at the west Virginia derby ran okay red route one beat him in the race prior so it seems like a horse that could definitely be the like a logical upsetter i don't hate um uh, was it number two, Tumbarumba? But I don't know about the distance yeah. for this horse. I'm a little concerned about that. It looked nice. I ran a really nice race in that Ellis Park Derby last out. So there's a couple prices um, if you don't like playing. But I just, in the same breath, Halterman, I'll end it with this. Those, like, like seriously, those are the horses I'm mentioning. I just don't see them beating Hit Show. Like, yeah, Red Route One, sure. If I, I, I'm, if that horse wins, I'm not shocked. But if 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 Hit Show runs his race, regardless of post position, you can't sit here and tell me that West Coast Cowboy or Tom Barumbo or Cagalicia, whatever you pronounced it, are gonna beat him. I just can't get there. Yeah, no, and I think that's just it. And you know, when you've got like your top races in a crop aren't very good, you do kind of get what you're getting here where the next set of races don't really have that 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 great horse either or a couple of great horses or good horses because the crop's just not that deep and you know we've been seeing this we saw a huge field for the west virginia derby huge field for the iowa derby indiana derby oklahoma derby now and i think it's because you look at the entries and you go well my horse isn't great but he's all right like he could it, and you get these big fields because of that because they're wide open and but at the same time, it, it, it is kind of like, well, yeah, you know, your horse might be able to compete, but gosh, hit show. He, he finished two and a half lengths behind Arcad, Archangelo. Archangelo is one to a hundred in this race. So that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what you get. If he shows up, he's going to win. If he, if he doesn't, it becomes a wide open scramble. And quite honestly, 
You may not get it right. Because it'll be an Iowa Derby like result. You get a 40 to one shot or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Even in that race, I, I feel like I took a shot against and I still was wrong because the horse got beat, you know? Yep. Yep. And uh, that's maybe that's what would happen here if he weren't to win. But all right, we'll see if uh, if uh, number 13 Hit Show can make a case for his three-year-old of the year. I'm just kidding, by the way. But we do <laughs> both like number 13 Hit Show to win the Oklahoma Derby. <laughs> that's a good question. Like, we talked a lot earlier. There's two three-year-olds here that are at least been in a lot of these big races. Well, I guess I'll throw in the race came, but he doesn't count. Um, where do you think, uh, make a prediction. Where do you think Hit Show and Red Route run point to? Let's assuming they both run fairly good races here. Are they Breeders' <laughs> Cup horses? I mean, I'm not saying like, I guess Hit Show could maybe run in the Classic. I don't know. The but problem think- with, and again, like Red Route won... the only race he could run in is the classic. Like you're not going to run him in the mile. He's not, I don't, I don't think you run him in the classic. And then, um, hit show. I mean, hit show could run in the classic. He's ran in the Derby. He ran in the, uh, Belmont. If hit show runs well, I think he's a classic type. I mean, he's, he's running those big races this year. So I think they, they think about it at least. I don't, I mean, I necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily want to put him there if he was mine, but I think they would, might, could, yeah, I it feels like if you're a hit show, or I mean, if you're the connections of hit show, like you would maybe wait, you know, like find softer spots for him to kind of avoid, you know, yeah. those like, like you said, avoid, you know, go the go the Clark or go somewhere like where you can maybe not the Clark, but you know what I mean. Like you just those you kind of oh good away from these top horses, and maybe he kind of develops as a as a as a four year old. And by the way, if, if he were to win here, and let's even go further and say, like, dust him, I mean, it's another feather in the cap for Archangelo, right? Yep. Yep, for Not sure. To say it matters because he would beat nothing really in this race, but it would obviously help. I mean, it did anything like that, it doesn't hurt, right? Yeah. Due to bet sports coming up here in just a second. Very quickly. That's right. Yes. Yeah. We'll be. We got a lot. We got a. We got a lot. I got an interesting question at the end of the show too. A, a debate. I think it will spark a new racing dudes a chat debate. In this show or in that show? In that show. Oh, I'm gonna stay tuned for that then. Oh yeah, we'll get to it, Dennis. We will get to it. Don't you worry. All right, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for the free picks and premium selections on our products page. Click the Gear Racing Dudes premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Uh, remember, like we mentioned earlier, check out the Best Bets page. Make sure you uh, go to the free premium page as well. Go to this, go to free picks, free premium picks. Um, you can see every single day you'll see a, a free pick, a free track listed there for our premium picks. You can also get uh, the occasional Soma bombs and rockets for free there as well. So it's a good reason to um visit that page each and every single day and uh be uh just subscribe to our uh, our our, uh, our our page there and you can get um any kind of dashboard pick that's free it'll be there as say free picks and you can get those every single time they are available you just have to enter your little email address and set a password and you're set um uh, let's see what else we got here halterman we uh i we kind of contemplated doing a betting bible it's been a minute um for the Pennsylvania Derby, I think we saw it. And we, we, it's funny. We know each other so well over the years. We didn't even have to talk about it. We're just, no. We both knew, like, I ain't doing that one. Well, I, I knew it was under consideration. And when I saw the fields, 
I didn't even text you because I knew it's like he, he we're not doing that. When you I know? saw it, I was like, I'm not even doing like he he can ask, but we're I'm not even sending an email better. to our designer <laughs> to get the page made. So um so that said, we might do one between now and then, but Beth definitely be looking out for I know it seems early, but we're only six weeks out, like we talked about the Breeders' Cup betting bible. Well, yeah, we'll start selling that before too long. I would jump in and say, I bet we do that that Keeneland day. The Keeneland I bet there's I bet that Keeneland day when they run the uh the futurity and the and the uh I can't remember what they call it, the maker's mile or whatever. No, yeah. that's the yeah. spring. What is it in the fall? I can't remember. It's just the Keeneland uh, Mile. I think they called it last year. That's right. Yeah, they changed the name of it. So uh I would I bet when we see that card, we'll be like, Oh yeah, we're doing that one. But yeah. you never know. But we'll definitely have that. Of course, the the uh, 14 trends to the Breeders' Cup that will be coming out here. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do each and every year. That's free. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Lots of Breeders' Cup action coming your way. And, of course, maybe that Keeneland um, Mile Bible as well. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dude, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off uh, by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, and all the places you listen to. Uh, we're on there, as well as our YouTube page. So if you're watching us right now, I appreciate it. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, and hit that notification bell so you'll be alerted when we go live or have more content headed your way. Uh, stay tuned for the Magic Mike Show and Dudes You Bet Sports. Obviously, Dudes You Bet Sports coming up here in about 30 minutes. Um, and then the Magic Mike Show coming out at 4 o'clock Central Time as well. They are covering Remington Park. So there you go. Some more Remington action Sunday's late pick five. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to see that because obviously that's going to be a, a tough sequence um, to get to. So make sure you stay tuned for both of those shows. And uh, I guess should we talk about the uh, the, the – uh, the turtles, the turtle yes. update. Yep. So uh, sure. I, I like turtles. And, uh, and I'll just keep talking about it until someone asks, because every time we do talk about it, they're like, what are you guys talking about? Um, last week, Halterman, you got it right. I don't believe what I remember what you predicted. Turtles lost in a very, very tight, close matchup, two to one. The Raptors I- scored a late goal in the game. It was tied up, scored a late goal in that game to, uh, it was tons of shots. It was a tightly called game. The coach, myself, got very heated in the game. Took Cohen out at one point. It was not, not a great look, but uh, it happened. We're over it. We're moving on to this week. We play the herd of cats tonight. Tonight. That's 610 Central. <laughs> what do you think All about right. that one? I'm 2-0. Um, I picked for you guys and you won first week, picked against you and you lost last week. I thought the score would be three to one. It was two to one. So good job. The herd of cats. Are they zero three? No, no, no. Listen to this. I've got, I got news. That's shocking. Shocking. Uh news. Okay. The herd of cats won last week. Uh Oh, so listen to this. I'll give you the, you, cause you, they, they didn't play week one. I don't know what happened. Um, no score listed there. The herd of cats. Got beat seven to zero to the Raptors, week two. That was the team we just played. We lost two to one. Right. The herd of cats beat the team that didn't had no, had no name. The one we beat four to one. So they actually beat them more impressively than we beat them Ooh. that day. The uh, the turtles won that game. I don't even remember what the score was. Uh, three to one. So three to one versus four to one. And now that we play him tonight, I feel like you guys have some lockdown defense going on. Um, and I think that will hamper the herd of cats. 
I feel like with the herd of cats, they look like an all offensive team. Um, you know, I think the first game they played, they just kind of got overwhelmed and their kids got a little depressed game two, they're able to get some goals and that kind of held up. I'm going to go with the turtles five and the herd of cats two, five, Ooh. two turtles beat the herd of cats tonight. I like it. I think that's a, uh, <laughs> this is the best, it's turning into the best segment that we have. Um, I like it. I think that's a very pretty good pick. You're right. I, I just uh, like looking at the scores. We, even the really good teams, we don't allow many scores. We have a really good defense. Yes. Uh, we have, we had this one girl, Shelby. She like, she's bigger, like bigger than most of the kids. And she just eats them up, man. Like the, she knocks kids over. It's awesome. And so she's my defender. I found, I found like a, a gym in the rough last week. We had to kind of, it's I, called I, a diamond in the rough. Well, it's a gym. Okay. His, his name's Jim on the team. So no, it's not really. It's Micah. Um, Micah, Micah stepped up and played goalie for us. So I got, I'm going to have Cohen in, in the field all game tonight. Yeah. I finally have my lineup. I feel like we're going to, we're going to play well. So, well, again, I, I think the evidence is there that the defense is there. And so that's, that's the big key you, t- you play a team like the herd of cats. It's like playing a spread offense and it, with no defense, you know, if we're football, <laughs> As long as they're scoring, their spirits are high. But if you can kind of bottle them up, kind of keep it in their end, I I, I don't think they're going to be able to handle it. Um, look, maybe they get a couple of goals, you know, but I don't think it's going to be a competitive game tonight. I think you get up four nothing and, and kind of give up a couple late. <laughs> uh, I'd say the the turtles are averaging. I mean, I don't have. I'm not. A, I don't keep stats, um, but I would say we're tar- averaging. We have a couple of good offensive players, so I would say we're we're averaging averaging probably, uh, man, fifteen shots a game, maybe somewhere in there, fifteen to twenty, depending on the the game. And and though it's and about a goal situation, you just never know. You know, like you never know how these seven year olds, six year olds, <laughs> what kind of day they had. If they had a bad day, yeah. sometimes at the end of the week, uh, later in the day, you get they're a little tired, and so you never know what what kind of performance you're going to get out of them so that's this, uh, you know, this, something you can't predict halterman this reminds me uh, our our good good friend uh coaches a high school girls basketball team and then our my cousin one of them coaches uh is the assistant coach and one of them plays on the team and so i got the setting the lines for them like like the you know uh the over under <laughs> yeah. and, and the lines and <laughs> I was getting within one or two points of the line, like six, seven times in a row. And they were like, how are you doing this? It's like, you guys have your profession and I have mine. I just, <laughs> All right. So you just coach the game. I know what's going to happen. You just coach it, do your best, but you're losing by eight tonight, you know? So I, I, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the, keep the soccer thing going two for two. Hopefully the turtles get a big win tonight though. Yeah, this is taking it a step further when you can start predicting the U, <laughs> the U eight soccer right. teams. Um, so what was it you said? Five to two. Five to two is my prediction. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a solid prediction. We'll we'll uh, you know. By the way, I do think you should put this on your best bets as people people are alluding to in the comments and see when someone buys your your stuff and like they're they're like you you have to mark it as other. 
and like, where is this? I don't understand where the turtles versus the herd of cats are at. I, I would do it, but I don't want the emails, you know, of like, hey, uh, I went to vet the turtles and I can't find it on my sports book. You know, it's like, oh, no. Here's the you thing. Know what I mean? we, so. If we can get any action on this, Dennis, I would no doubt throw the game. So I would I would just put my worst players in there. We would we would make sure I can. I can do that easily. That's very easy to do, um, yeah, especially a soccer game. You know, the, the one struggle I'm having here as we as we've gotten to uh, kind of as I've honed in on like who's good at what and you know what I mean and and they're at that weird age now where it's like you have to start like teaching them about winning and losing. Yeah, and yeah. if you if you work hard and practice and blah blah blah, you know, you can play. You know what I mean? Like you have to teach them that. It's not all about like because when they're and obviously I've coached Cohen since he was four. And so it's at that time, it's like, you just put whoever you want in, you know, like if they're they're there to have fun, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now you're, I feel I'm having a hard time. Like I want to get them all in. And there's this one little girl on our team. That's she knows it, she gets it, but she's tiny and she just doesn't, you know what I mean? She's just not yeah. quite there. Good enough. She's no good. And I, I know when I put her in, I'm like, Oh no, like <laughs> just hold on. And you know, because it's like it's not like you're get, you're not putting the kid out because they're tired. They're not tired, you know. They're kids. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of struggling with the how much playing time do I give some of these kids that aren't quite there, you know? Well, I mean, you got you have to build their character. I agree uh, enough to where if you're gonna don't lose the game and and try to keep it at five to two and don't get any closer than that because I bet exact score as well <laughs> as you guys to win. So. Well, they're night, and it never fails because goalie, for whatever reason, I guess I remember it too as a kid. Like you, ever, everyone, everyone wants to play goalie. You know, oh yeah, it's yeah. fun. You get to wear the gloves. I yeah, you know, and you have a shirt, you know, color cool, shirt, the cool shirt and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so this one little girl, I think it was that girl actually, which she goes, um, hey, you know, can I play goalie tonight? And I just looked at her, and go no, and I just moved on. And I, I was like, you listen, like I'm not putting you in goal, okay. Yeah, show me something. You you're afraid to touch the ball at practice, so I'm not going to put you in goal. We'll find out what happens tonight. But there you go. There's the prediction. Five to two. We will report back. I feel like okay. we're going to have to start updating this like before every week. Like I like I'm going to tweet it out or something. If I keep winning, hot streak approaching. If he, if you do win three in a row, it is an official hot streak for Halterman. We'll see if the turtles can get it done over the herd of cats tonight. Six ten, locally at Groot field in Republic, Missouri. So stay tuned. Shotty, you, you, you live close enough. You just drive up for this, you know, film it for the, <laughs> film it for the side. You about made me puke on that one. <laughs> I know Halterman, Halterman lives closer, but I know his ass ain't going to come. So. No chance. <laughs> Maybe Shotty can show up. I like turtles. You imagine like, who's that girl? Like, oh, she's filming for the site. Like what site? <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. There's a there's an update. There's a turtle update. Uh, stay tuned for uh, 15 minutes here as uh, Alterman tries to digest his drink. Oh. Yeah, she would. I know she's a she's a believer in turtles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's time we, to go. <laughs> we, we, we would get shoddy um, for for the uh, the premium tweets. That's about it. So. Yeah. Um, but there you go. I, I love this. this. is my favorite update, by the way, that we do. <laughs> we get we get halted or we get uh, we get Cohen on here. One of these we'll interview the player and see what his. I like that. <laughs> Maybe at the end of the year, that's his reward if he does well. <laughs> <laughs> after the last game, it was such an intense game, and I was I felt like I was yelling too much. So I asked Cohen after the game, I was like, "Do you think Daddy is 
I yell too much on the sidelines, he's like, yeah. <laughs> because you need to chill. <laughs> so well, hopefully the tonight's game will be less intense playing who we play and, and I can just relax. So hopefully see. But if hey, you know what? They're slacking. I'll pull them all out. Yep. All right, guys. I'm Jordan. Well, I, I agree. He's Aaron Hoffman. Stay tuned for the next couple shows here and uh, good luck. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 